from the creators who brought you RuPaul's Drag Race and Million Dollar Listing. This is World of Wonders Wow Report. Things that make us go wow. Hello everyone and welcome to this week's edition of the Wow Report, where we count down the top 10 things of the week that made us go wow. I'm Fenton Bailey, co-founder of World of Wonder, joined by our chief creative officer, Tom Campbell, and the lovely and legendary James St. James. Um, Tom, you're still in the UK. I'm in Bogota. And James, you're in LA where I hear it's snowing. Good God in heaven. I woke up today and it was 27 degrees in Los Angeles. They are expecting snow in the Hollywood Hills today. And there was hail. There was hail this morning when I woke up against my window. The world has gone mad. It's the end of the world, I tell you. End of days. So we better get on with this countdown while we're still around to do it. Um, Number 10, Tom. Number 10. So working like a dog, Fenton, here in the UK. But we had one weekend I went to uh, Fabus Edinburgh. Um, Another weekend we went to Paris for for 24 hours. That was fun. Last weekend we worked on Saturday, so only had one day off. So I decided last minute to see a play in beautiful West End of London, a play that I've seen before, and I fell in love again. And it's wicked, it's still wicked good after all these years. And and I have just a little more background that I want to quiz you guys, because um, I found out that Theron, who turned 50 over here, never saw Wicked. So we had a afternoon we got out sort of early one afternoon and we decided to go i I said theron let me take you to wicked so i've seen it twice this week theron saw it for the first time i think he politely liked it because it was an expensive ticket and i paid for it it it's for his birthday um have you guys ever seen the musical wicked yes and no james ah that's all i can remember 110 times yes have you seen it more than once I love yeah. it so much. Fenton, you sound like someone who went and saw it and left and it didn't stick with you. That sounded like I was screaming, but you know the TV commercial that was on the air forever uh, and ever? Uh, that's uh, right. Uh, I, I, and I did see it, but I can't remember anything about it at all. I, popular. I wish I was popular. Well, what's exciting about it is, I can't say what, but, but you know, they're filming the movie to Wicked Near us in England, we have no, no, yes, yes, James, yes. Well, I, that to me is is a, a point of irritation is that they're that they decided to make it into two movies and right. they are ending it after uh, thought. What's the big Defying song? Gravity? Defying Gravity, and then nobody's going to come back to the second because that's the that's if you end with Defying Gravity, you you know, that's who comes back after it is. that. It just reminds me, you, you can complain about the movie another time further. I, I hear your point. But, you know, mm-hmm. Ariana Grande is playing um, uh, popular. Okay. Is playing okay. And Cynthia Erivo, yes. who is so talented, yes. The thing about this play and this musical is that I love is, you know, at the very end, it's not a romantic musical where the boy and the girl come at the end. It's two girls. It's two friends who have been jealous of each other and disliked each other, and they come through it. And the song at the end of the last act is like, um, I, uh, you know, I, I because of you, I changed for good. And it's such a great, you know, it's one of the first, not the first first, but, in, you know, now we have the Joker's backstory and all these like evil people's backstories. But in 2005, when this play started, it was the retelling of The Wizard of Oz, which is the story that everybody knows as a child. And it has so many, I remember seeing it with my brother and sister, and I love my brother and sister, both straight. And they, the next day, they were like, oh, my God, I love that Galinda character in Popular. And I was like, it's all about the Green Witch. It's all about the Wicked Witch who isn't wicked, who's fighting the system, who says that the wizard's fake and don't trust him. And um, I love the music. I, having seen it back to back like I did, I I just want to start going all the time. I'm nuts. Well, yeah. I... I, I... Posit to you, have you ever read the book Wicked, which started? I think you know the answer to that question, James, because it involves. I say that if you read one book for the rest of your life, you go back and you read Wicked because it has so much more uh, that that the musical can't fit into it because of the you know the the the, you know just the genre. But it is a fantastic. I read it in ninety one, I believe ninety two, when it came out, and it blew my mind and it really changed my world. It is a fantastic, fantastic read. 
there's all these great moments, all this great music, and I'd love for people who watch us on the YouTube to to, to jump in whether they love it or don't love it. But um, there's this one little aside that I picked up this time and I heard it twice, which is you know, um, Alphaba and Galinda start off as enemies, and then they're forced to live together, and then through circumstances they begin to sort of like each other, and that's what leads into the popular song where she's gonna you know make her over. But there's this one thing where. Um, Galinda says, I'm going to like to bond her. I want to tell, let's tell each other secrets. Let's be best friends and tell each other a secret. And Galinda's secret is she's in love with Fierro, the prince, and she's going to marry him. Does he know it? No, he doesn't know it, but I do. And then he goes, tell me your secret. And Alphaba, who's had this tragic, you know, green skinned girl says, my father hates me. She goes, but that's not the secret. The secret is he deserves to, because in the play, she has a younger daughter, a younger sister, excuse me, who's in a wheelchair. And the father was so afraid that the younger daughter would turn green, come out green like Alphaba, that he force fed the mother milk flowers or something or milk blossoms. And so many that the baby came early and her legs were jumbled. And, and so she goes, so you see, there's a reason for him to love me. And Alpha, and, and, and Galinda says, sort of out of character, and, and but beautifully, she goes, oh, that might be your secret, but it's not the truth. Or that might be a secret, but it doesn't mean it's your truth. And it's little things like that. I don't know. This thing just taps into the little boy in me that felt I was doing everything wrong and that the world was upside down and it shoves me to the surface and lets me breathe and feel. Well, interestingly, uh, the idea that everything is upside down in, in Wicked is one of the things that gets me is the fact that Dorothy is this unstoppable force of evil who comes in and fucks up everything. She just drops in in the third act and fucks up everyone's life. And the idea that the whole story that we know is yes. absolutely yes. wrong and that, that, that Dorothy is the villain and the Wicked Witch is the hero. It just As the Wicked Witch says, is... what what kind of a person steals a dead person's shoes? Yes. Was, she born in a, was she raised in a barn? That's what Lauren yes. said. So go see it. It's playing all over the world. Go oh, see can, Wicked, right. Wicked. And, and, and be prepared because you need to have it in your head and your psyche for when it comes out in the theaters next year with uh, yeah. our, our dear friends. I think I'll read the book in the meantime. Yeah. You get it, you, you read get it, it on me? audio because I know you love your audio books. And I think I you love an audio like book. It. That's right. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And I'm not near theater. So I'll do that. I have a 20, I have like a 26 hour flight ahead of me. So that's the perfect thing. I'm going to download it. Thank you. I, I know what you can read on your 26 hour flight. Oh, <laughs> yes, that's right. You can read Screen Age, my book, but I'm not going to do a plug for it. We're going to go on to number nine. Now doing plugs for it between every number. <laughs> number nine, James. Number nine. Knock at the cabin. The latest offering from director M. Night Shyamalan. I saw it in the theater this weekend. Um, it is the story of a young gay couple played by Jonathan Groff, of course, of Broadway fame. And um, Ben Aldridge, who is so handsome. And they're a young married couple. They have a young daughter. And they go to vacation at a house in the woods. And as you know from every movie ever made, you do not vacation in the middle of the woods, in a cabin in the middle of the woods. Because within the first 10 minutes, there's a knock at the door. And uh, four people enter enter their dwelling and tie them up. And they say, this is not a a spoil alert because it happens very early in the movie. They say that they have been having visions of the end of the world. The apocalypse is coming and the only people who can save it is this family. And they have to sacrifice one of them. One of them has to die. The other two have to kill them. They have to decide who is going to die. And they can't be suicide. You have to kill one of these three, the, the, the two men and the girl, one of them have to kill the other, one of them has to kill, or two of them have to kill the one. And that will save the world. And every hour they wait, the world is ending more and more. And there, there's all sorts of things that happen, blah, blah, blah. But like one hour later, like a, a plague is released upon the world in like Stockholm and all the people start dying. Another one, there's a tsunami that's hitting the West Coast of America. And you see on the news all the people. And then the planes start falling as they keep waiting and waiting. And, waiting. and it's that sort of old um, uh, schoolyard thing that you used to say to your friends. Would you kill one person that you love to save a billion people that you don't know. 
and that's sort of a nice philosophical question that they wrestle with. And um, uh, of course, it's M. Night Shyamalan, so there's a few twists at the end, but you'd see them coming down, you know, Sunset Boulevard a mile away. <laughs> um, uh, it's um, Blake, you saw it. What did you think of it? I was a little irritated with it. I liked it. You did. Yeah. You didn't think it went on a little long and it, the ending was a little obvious. Um, it's been a little while since I've seen it, so I don't remember. I just came out. I mean, I saw it like a week or two ago. (laughs) (laughs) I'm sorry. I know you you can't hold retained things for more than a day. One thing goes in and then one thing has to come out. He's a very busy radio show producer. He can't remember things. I is it overlong? I can imagine because all his movies feel very, very overlong and very sort of self-indulgent and ultimately it, pointless. It, well, that's just it. It turns into like sort of a religious twaddle thing. It's where, only uh, an hour and forty minutes. It's true. It's true. But I do think that Jonathan Groff is really talented. He's really good. The little girl is fantastic, and this Ben Aldridge is so handsome. Didn't you fall in love with him? Uh-huh. Oh, he's such a daddy. Oh, I wanted to watch them. Stuff. You know, like it's one of the four horsemen of the apocalypse, one of the four people that show up at the door. And Rupert Grint from Hogwarts, from Harry Potter, is also one of the people who is having the visions and they come to tell them they have to kill themselves. Yeah. So, yeah, go wait, wait until it comes out on, on streaming and then watch it. You don't have to go to the theater. Okay. It's in theaters now, but you don't have to go, says James. <laughs> <laughs> um, number eight. Number eight. Um, speaking of the end of the world, trend alert, UFO balls. You know, I mean, ever since the, the Chinese balloon that, the, the, that was shot down over Canada, that I think may have turned out to be some sort of hobby balloon. <laughs> <laughs> there it is. But it's all about the balls. Um, did you see this clip of a, an orb uh, that was flying over Mosul and it was uh, filmed by a reconnaissance, a U.S. reconnaissance plane. In it, okay, it was in 2016, but I, for some reason the the clip has resurfaced and is sort of viral at the moment. Oh um, yeah, I was in Mosul in 2016. I remember it well. We were we were filming Drag Race Mosul, as I recall. Blake was there too, but he doesn't remember. So there's that, and then this week, of course. This orb measuring apparently five feet in diameter, it washed up on a beach um, in Japan. And there's all this article about this. That one is, though. Well, what? Tell me. It's that thing that they do, you know, with the army and they have the balls that float in the water or something. I. It's a, yes, it's well, okay, James. It's a, it's a, they brought in an X ray. First of all, they closed off the beach because this mysterious orangey yellow colored metal sphere with some rust uh, washed up on the uh, Enshu beach, uh, Pacific coastal city of Hamamatsu. Anyway, so they seal off the beach, they bring in an x-ray machine and it turns out it's hollow. Well, okay, so it's hollow, so it floats. And then what is hilarious is that all the reports of this mystery orb, there's one photograph that you can find that clearly shows it is a mooring boy. It's got yeah, a hook. Yeah, it's a mooring board. boy. That's what I was saying, yes. Where you would put the rope at the day. It's like there's no other possible way it could be anything other than that. And so all this stuff about, you know, mystery orb and... The, it's well, like... Interestingly, though, the, the, the thing about the other balloons is what is fascinating to me, because after the Chinese balloon was shot down, there was the one over Lake Erie, the one off of North Carolina, mm-hmm. all of the, And it made me think that we have probably, you know, there have probably been a thousand balloons that have passed over us in the last couple of years. And this since now we are just aware of the balloons. And so we're seeing them, noticing them, whereas before they were just sort of flying and, and nobody really paid any attention to it. It makes me think that the Chinese have been spot no everything about every bowel movement I have. Every- Between the balloons and TikTok, they know everything. It's true. It's true. But here's yeah, my one question. And this is what really, and I'm sorry, I spent a lot of time with TikTok conspiracists there and some others, but why did the government have to blow apart? Like, 
It's like using nuclear weapons to like catch a butterfly. Why, yeah, like why can't they just go and grab the balloon by the string and take it down? Exactly. Make a balloon, get over, go up in a balloon and approach it with a giant pin and just pop it so it can like deflate. Well, and that's the other thing too is when they said the, the one in Lake Erie um, dropped down over ice and they could retrieve it and then suddenly, no, we can't retrieve it. No, there's no way we can retrieve right. it. Right. It's, it's messed up. It seems a little strange. Like They why can make a pregnant Rihanna fly over the Super Bowl in several positions. We have the technology, is all I'm saying. They can't grab a balloon. And the reason they can't inside. recover it is because they're embarrassed to probably admit that it was just some Hobby Lobby a balloon. No, I think it's the opposite of that. I think it, yes, I think they're yes. embarrassed. No, no, no. I think they're embarrassed to admit that it has every phone number and every photo you've ever had on your iPhone. And it's being piloted. Oh, it's being piloted by Jackie Onassis and Andy Warhol. <laughs> and JFK Jr., who is coming to, to, to save us all. Yes. This is all good news, ultimately, I think, for an artist called Alex Prager, who's kind of like, you know, modern artists these days, they have one thing that's their kind of shtick. And Alex Prager's thing is these beautifully polished chromium spheres, balls. And he does all this stuff of like people being chased down the street by them in videos or or giant installations of a, of someone being crushed by the balloon, by the orb, I mean. <laughs> so, and he just has a new exhibition. So maybe the whole balloon orb thing is, uh, is uh, a publicity stunt by Alex Prager. We'll put some pictures on the wear report so you can, so you can assess for yourself the real phenomena. And I, I, the reason I did this piece is because, you know, I sometimes like to think about what a good headline for it might be. And I came up with the perfect one, Orb Vey. I know it's in the delivery, but I thought I was like, I think we live in Balloony Tune times. We do, we do. Should we take a break? Let's let's do. Drag Race España season three is coming to Wow Presents Plus very soon. You can check out the uh, sneak peek now on the Wow Report, and also while you're at it, get ready for Drag Race Sverige. Which is actually Drag Race Sweden, which premieres March 4th, 12.30 Pacific time. Um, and it also has Untucked. So that's the sweetest version coming to WOW Presents Plus. Blake, do you have a question? I do, I do. Statistically, March is the most unproductive month of the year in the U.S. Oh, I feel it coming. <laughs> Why, though? Uh, all right. We'll have that teasing calendar question right after the break. You're listening to Wow Report on Radio Andy. You're listening to World of Wonders Wow Report. Things that make us go wow. Welcome back to the Wow Report on Radio Andy. I'm Fenton here with Tom and James and Blake. Hi. I asked a question. Statistically, March is the most unproductive month of the year in the U.S. But why? I think, I'm guessing... I think in March, we moved the spring of the clocks forward, and therefore we're all a little tired that one day and the I weekend. I think it's probably that, but it's also maybe a little seasonal affective disorder where we're just tired of winter and we just need spring and it's not coming. Benton, do you have a guess? No. It's uh, March Madness, the NCAA tournament. Oh, straight people. Some company lose up to 1.9 billion in wages paid to workers. Hangovers, people calling in sick. Uh, the yeah, productive and instead spent company time betting on the NCAA. Watching tournament. the game from work, all that Fucking stuff. Fucking hats, yep. man. The heteros are geez. They're taking over. God. Is one of your questions, what is the most productive month? Is it all calendar questions this, this week? Uh, Yeah. It is. Oh, you're scrambling now to find Come on. calendar questions. Blake, Blake thinks of the, the trivia questions while we're talking. He's Googling. Let's move on to number seven of the top ten things this week that made us go, wow. Number seven. While the rest of Hollywood and Hollywood adjacent is watching screeners that they didn't deserve to have or share, I am preparing for the Oscars in a very different way. And it all began with the passing of Raquel Welch, which we commemorated. 
And I, her first appearance was on the Oscars in 1967. So I went to YouTube because I'm not that into UK television, no offense. And all of the Oscar ceremonies from all time that were televised are on YouTube. So I've watched 1967, 1968, 1969, 1970, and I'm just finished 1971. No musical numbers, no clips, but you see the award ceremony. Can I tell you what happened during that time? May I give you a little picture? They used to be, when it started in 67, they were at the Santa Monica. 67 was the first time it was televised? No, no, no. I just started there because that was the first time Raquel Welsh was on. So I just clicked on to see Raquel Welsh. And then I was like, what's going on? The clothes, the everything, you know. That's the famous Barbara Streisand see-through outfit, isn't it? That happened in 69 because it's for a 68 movie, not to confuse you. But um, in 67, you know, it was Bonnie and Things were just starting to change. But Bob Hope was the host. It was from the Santa Monica Civic Auditorium. Um, and there were, there weren't prompters. It was a lot of, um, this big, this big podium would come up with an Oscar on it and it was thick and some people could read the cue cards and other people would read from the podium. It was very funny. And it was like, Martha Ray would come on and, (laughs) and yes. And um, Raquel Welsh is on every single year because during that was when she was hot, hot, hot. And she was a movie star and she was internationally loved. And they were just starting to get like, they'd be like, uh, in addition to Canada and Mexico, uh, the Oscars will be seen in 22 countries on tape delay via film or videotape. Um, the awards would start with a quick uh, montage of people arriving, nothing like we have now. And then it would go to, ladies and gentlemen, president of the Academy, Stanley Donnan. And they, ah, ah, he was the director Stanley singing Donnan. in the rain. I didn't know he was president. Yes. And he would give he a dull speech. Farmer. He was funny. He was okay. And then they'd immediately go to the to the accountants. That was every year. It'd be like, and now let's go to Watery House. And they'd come out and it'd be kind of a cute accountant, which is why he got the thing. And he would be like, here are, uh, you know, it was medically sealed with no one knowing. Here are the accounts. Um, it was white tie when it started. And there was incredible pressure for it to be turned into something um, more casual. So it went to black tie. But in 1968, um, Martin Luther King's assassination um, happened right at the time of the Oscars, so they postponed two days. And they, they were start off at ABC to be like, um, uh, tonight's programming, Marcus will be MD, and Wednesday night movie of the week will be d- delayed, so you can watch the, the Oscars. It's fascinating. And in 68, everything is about Martin Luther King. Everything is, you know, is about people wanting to rally together. It felt very Black Lives Matter, you know, from another time. And I remember this time, we had a lot of, lot of um, hurt and also a lot of hope that these things would not, you know, people would not have died in vain. And then in 69, it starts to be um, black dancers are everywhere. You know, Diane Carroll, uh, Lola Falana, like they're making a concerted effort, which is great to include black performers and black presenters. Um, But the, the, and the well, other thing is, sixty-nine. Though the, the high point for me is Catherine Hepburn coming out in her gardening outfit. She was done the year after. Oftentimes, people oh. would not be no, there. That was to... the year that, that, that Bar- she and Barbara won. She did not. Ex- she was not there to accept. I'm telling you. Huh. And the greatest part is so Catherine Hepburn and Barbara Streisand won the same. You know, tied. It happened. Um, she's in that crazy scars, scossy, see-through pajamas, and then somebody accepts for you know some guy, some gay friend accepts for Catherine Hepburn. He's sort of very awkward. By the way, most people just say. Um, Thank you very much. Like people barely give a speech. And so Barbara waits for this the guy very politely to give his bad little quick speech. And then she stops and goes into full character, does a whole look down at the Oscar. Hello, gorgeous. And she gives a great speech. <laughs> One thing I'll tell you. Oh, man. I'd love to ask a question, which is what is it like watching the Oscar cast without clips, without musical numbers, and I'm assuming without commercials? Like, the whole thing must last about five minutes. It lasts longer than that, but it's, it goes much quicker. It's the way we should all watch them. But, you know, it starts to get sexier. And it starts to be like uh, Mr. and Mrs. Burt Backrack, Carol and Angie. You know, Burt and, and Angie come on, and they're sexy. And he was winning during that time. But Bob Hope in 67 is still like the most honored, revered person. His shit God, I hate Bob Oscar. Hope. By, I 68, hate man. by 68, they took him off. 69, they brought him back. And he was bitter. And and then it, 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 then Hollywood changed. 68, every, we talk about how 68, everything changed. 
everything changed in 68 because all of the Bob Hope humor stops working. And he's sort of like, yeah, Dustin Hoffman out there, you know, he's, he's too young to see his own movie. And they get Dustin Hoffman. He's like, no, no one's, no one's buying it. No one's buying it. I, I'm doing a terrible job of explaining the fashion, the, and, and it's almost the same every year because it's no one's videotaping anything. And it's the same ceremony every year. And Bob Hope, even two years in a row, did a mash, the movie Spiro Agnew golf joke. You can buy those things. Two years in a row. Didn't care. What does this matter? No one's, no one's taping. Um, I think this watch is them all. fascinating them all. social history. So you're going to keep on this journey of watching them all. Perfect. Perfect, perfect, perfect. Okay. So those, uh, check out all the other Academy performances year on year uh, uh, on YouTube, right? Yeah. But yes. how are you when uh, You won't be able to do, it was it 85 that was the Snow White number? I mean, 89, just watched it today. You have to watch Nine. the numbers. You have to. Um, we got to move on. James, number five. No, James, number six. <laughs> number six. Do you know that last week we had two number sevens and someone busted us about it? Yeah, it's like, it, I I mean, I can't, can't stop talking about the fact that I can't seem to count down from 10 to zero. It flabbergasts me. We should have asked you when we interviewed you for this job, we should have asked you if you could count 10 to one. Are we ready? Are we done? Can I go, please? <laughs> I was giving some color. Thank you. Thank I've you only been waiting 45 minutes to do number seven. Or number <laughs> six. <laughs> Dear God in heaven. You got anything else you want to throw in? Pick a number of spirit. Come on. Whatever number we're at, let's have it. Number six. The company you keep, a new series on uh, ABC, Sunday nights. It stars the dashing Milo Ventimiglia, who I have loved forever since the Gilmore Girls, since Heroes, since This Is Us. Blake, you remember him from Fergie's uh, Big Girls Don't Cry video? In yeah. which he, that was his, his big, huge breakout for the, <laughs> for the gays. Um, uh, he stars as a super suave con man um, who looks really good in designer duds. And uh, there's a woman named Catherine Hannah Kim, who is a CIA agent, and she looks really good in designer gowns. And he's a con man, and she's a CIA agent, and they fall in love. They meet at a hotel bar, and they lie to each other. And he says that he's a yoga instructor, and she says that she's a pageant queen. And they make mad, passionate love in the hotel for 36 hours, and then they go their separate ways. And of course, unbeknownst to them, they're on opposite sides of the law. And so he's pulling off heists and the CIA comes barging in to stop him. And she's high, he's hiding on one side of the wall and she's on the other side of the wall and they, they just miss each other. And that happens. And it's, it's really adorable. It's fun. It's cute. I love the banter is very cute. The clothes are cute. The, the people are cute. Everything about it is wonderful. I don't know if the, the premise is very thin and I don't know, I always say, I mean, can it sustain itself for six seasons? I mean, can we do the same? It looks like it's going to be the same episode over and over again. How long can you sustain without really any changes? I don't know. I wish someone else would watch it so that they could chime Who's in. The, do you know who the writer is? Who the creator is? I don't. You've stumped me. Do you know? Are you looking I'm, it up? I'm, uh, I'm. It reminds me of one that Rhonda, uh, Rhonda, Rhonda Shimes, Shonda Rhimes. Oh, it reminds me of one that Shonda Rhimes did um, with the guy. No, it's not Shonda. I don't think it is Shonda. It isn't, but it reminds me because it was a sophisticated cat and mouse. Well, it's sophisticated cat and mouse. It sort of reminds me of those spy spoof movies in the '60s, that type of thing. It's sort. It's also got a little heart to heart, where there's you know high flying adventures in faraway places in fabulous outfits. Um, It's. It's, it's fun froth. It's Sunday night, 10 o'clock. And what else are you doing on a Sunday night at 10 o'clock? I ask you. Executive producer Milo Ventimiglia, because oh, he's a big yeah. star. And then it's uh, Todd Hartman and John M. Chu. I think it's we based know. on a movie. Oh, maybe. I don't know. But um, the thing is about Milo is that Milo has been around since like 1993, 94. He was a child actor and he really has put in his time and he's so handsome and he's so he's so charming that I just think he deserves everything he gets. And I love the fact that he's starring. He is the star as opposed to the side piece, you know. Hollywood Reporter calls it a frothy ABC drama. 
I think that was me that just said it was a frothy ABC comedy. Well, uh, you and the Hollywood Reporter are very yeah, much yeah, yeah. Oh, obviously, you're both using the same chat bot or GPTI or whatever it is. How dare you? How dare you? <laughs> number, okay, that's number six, the company you keep, and that's streaming on Hulu. Number five. Number five. I did something I haven't done in a long time. I actually watched something on Netflix. <gasps> really? It is called Kunk on Earth. Oh, I've been meaning to watch this. There have been a number of crunk kunk shows or whatever, right? There has, and there is a backstory to Kunk. Oh, look, here's Randy. Hi, Randy. Hi. Hola. Hi, Randy. Welcome Hola. to the Wild Report. Hola, que también. Um, yeah. I knew that when I started to talk, Randy would appear. No, just ignore <laughs> me. Go ahead, carry on. Have you seen Kunk on Earth? No. Well, then listen. <laughs> it's from Black Mirror creator Charlie Brooker. And it's a comedy. Unlike Black Mirror, I guess, right? And Diane Morgan plays this character, Philomena Crunk. And James, exactly as you said, Philomena Crunk has a backstory. She's been doing, I think it started out as a, as a YouTube thing. And then the BBC did some specials. And this is the latest version, Crunk on Earth. And it's um, it's it's sort of parody of the David Attenborough. Oh, it's not Crunk. It's Kunk. Excuse Kunk, me. Yes. Excuse me. I've read one of you that just said the title is enough, right? I mean, Kunk on Earth. It's just so satisfying. Anyway. It's a parody of David Attenborough type. Uh, in fact, she's credited her lower third, Philomena Crunk. Her, her credit is landmark documentary presenter. And it parodies all those tropes and things of, you know, the person walking through here and then walking through there and they're all over the world. And she has these brilliant lines like, well, she interviews a lot of experts, you know, professors at universities. And, and I think, you can't, like at first you think, well, they can't be in on the joke, but then you kind of figure out that they probably are. But she'll say, you know, which was more culturally significant, the Renaissance or Single Ladies by Beyonce? <laughs> or why are the pyramids that shape? Is it to stop homeless people from sleeping on them? Or <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> is it fair to say that Jesus was the first celebrity victim of cancel culture? <laughs> and the, the professor starts to say no 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 you can't you can't say that and she says she suddenly says i just want you to look directly in the camera and call him the first victim of cancel culture for a punchy soundbite and you know we've all done that right you know where you're like could you just say that again in a soundbite <laughs> you know that sort of thing so it's really kind of funny um, well, I, I see on IMDb that there's a, a kunk on Shakespeare, kunk on Britain, where she a number of specials over the years. I think they're all on Netflix now, where you can watch them. Kunk on Earth, I think, is a five episode series about just like Earth. It's about life on planet Earth, the history of so it's a it's a parody of that great kind of the milestone of all landmark documentaries, civilization. Kenneth Clark's civilization in in the seventies, and so it's all about culture and civilization. Uh, and it, the great thing is, each episode's only half an hour long. And I like that. The problem for me is, kunk makes me think of like a funky, hard to get out of your trunk smell. Gunk, gunk. Doesn't it make you think of um, another c word? Is it a c word uh, or a k word? I think that's what you're supposed to be thinking. Oh, was it C U N K? I thought it was K U. I thought it was like keeping up with the Kunk Dashians or something. <laughs> C U N K. Yes. So that's uh, Kunk and streaming on Netflix. We can take one more break. Um, Manhattan Cable is now available on Wow Presents Plus. Love Connie hosts the series, and it's World of Wonder's first ever series, which was a compilation of clips from seminal public access shows on New York's Manhattan Cable Public Access channels in the 90s. And um, with the extra added bits of Love, Connie, it's really quite marvelous. It's a, a, a special from the vault. I want to suggest a special row report where we do all cable access shows. Let's do that. And More we should people have, will um, listen, but, you know. Who's the... Who's the um... Can I be on that one? Yes. Can you guys let me be on that one? Please. Uh, please. Thank you. Are you taking a post-lunch nap? 
Randy had lunch. I haven't been able to eat any lunch because don't I'm... worry, Benton. I didn't eat any of it. Okay. All right. Um, Blake, Blake, do you have a question? I do have a question. Um, vasectomies surge by fifty percent in March. Why? What? What again? Say it again. Vasectomies. All right, we'll have the answer to that right after the break here on the WOW Report on Radio Andy. You're listening to World of Wonders WOW Report. Things that make us go wow. Welcome back to the WOW Report. I'm Fenton here with Tom and James and Blake. You had a very teasing question for us. I did, I did. Vasectomies are up by 50% in March. Why? I'm going to say because, you know, there's so many people are having sex and getting pregnant over the holidays because there's nothing else to do that once they get pregnant, they're like, you're getting a vasectomy. I think insurance coverage for vasectomies is about to end. (laughs) That's a good guess, Fenton. I am so shit at these questions, but I will tell you, I have behind me on the wall a picture of sperm and egg, the moment of conception. So it's thematically on point. There you go. Well, um, patients who have a vasectomy typically need a, at least a day with ice to keep swelling down. So if they're going to spend a whole day doing nothing, it's hard to figure out that they'd want to do on a day sitting TV and watching the NCAA March Madness. Oh, for Christ's sake. Yeah. Wow. God damn heterosexuals in their basketball. <laughs> Ruling the everything. What is, what is this NAACP? Is this basketball? What is it? N C double A. It is what, the, what, what could it be? James, I'm so glad you asked. I was too embarrassed to ask that. I have no idea. This whole it's, basketball. it's basketball. All the colleges, everyone makes brackets for March Madness, and it goes from it's everything. It's every, my brother and sister are obsessed with it. Yeah. Um, yeah. Well, I do know what basketball is, but that's about it. <laughs> <laughs> We are counting down the top 10 things that made us go, wow, we've reached number four. James, Tom. Number four. All right, continuing on my Oscar exploration. I'm not watching, tra- I'm not watching you know, uh, illegal uh, uh, screeners, but the Academy, the head of the Academy, Bill Kramer, has just announced that based, because of last year's Will Smith slap and the debacle that followed, that they have created... A crisis team. Ba 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 ba. What? So, like, what are they going to like? You know, so if they know now, they If something good happens, that's a crisis. They need a crisis team for something going right. Yes. Um, I got to get. We have a whole crisis team. Something we've never had before, and many plans in place. Kramer said. We've run many scenarios, so it's our hope that we will be prepared for anything that may or may not you know, happen. It's a crazy world that people think they can anticipate. I guess they were so disorganized, all like drunk and drinking and taking selfies, that they didn't even know to talk to each other during that event. But, what you know, in case there's a streaker, we have a plan. You know, in case of this, you know, The Rock will come and tackle them. It just sounds ridiculous. As the well, I think I he's think planning on an epidemic of slapping happening this year because it, it's like now a trend or something. I mean, like literally, there was the stri- stripper fifty years ago, and then a slap. So every fifty the years, something yeah. happens, and now now they have like, they, they, but they're prepared. Like I mean, nothing is going to happen. It's strange compared to like the sixty-seven you were talking about in your number ten. How like it used to be a rinky-dink show, and now. We have to have a crisis team for slap. It's just—it's sort of just the height of bizarreness and corporateness, and try and and making people feel safe that they're protected when there's and 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 we watch this show because it's live. God forbid, I don't want violence. I'm not saying to anyone should hit anybody. Don't cancel me, Jesus Christ. Although we are safe because Will Smith has resigned from the Academy and is banned for ten years. So for this year. How is the crisis the most team... talked about thing that has happened in 50 years on the show? I mean, like, we were talking about it again. How does the crisis team solve the problem that no one's going to be watching? I was going to say trap doors, but I don't know. Maybe that's still the answer. Trap doors, Fenton, trap doors. Um, trap doors. It also just released that Rihanna, 
will be performing on the Oscars. So maybe that'll be a crisis. Maybe she'll have a baby. Maybe she won't project enough. Maybe she won't do enough choreography. It is the she will be singing the Oscar-nominated ballad from uh, from uh, uh, Wakanda. So all right, anyway, that's the Oscars coming up on March twelfth. Let look out for the uh, Crisis Team in action. Crisis Team, ready for anything. Boo boo. That could be a movie. Okay, number three. Number three. I am currently reading. Oh, hold on. Is he going to read the book to us in real time, do you think? <laughs> no, no, no. For, for our viewers on YouTube, uh, I am reading Pat in the City, Patricia Field's new memoir. I love it. Out this week. Yes. Pat Fields, of course, is the legendary owner of the Pat Fields store in New York City. She is also the costume designer but, 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 uh, responsible for Sex in the City and uh, The Devil Wears Prada and Emily in Paris and so many other cultural touchstones. Um this is the story of her childhood, of her coming into the fashion industry, of her uh, her first store was in 1966, which is wow. just crazy to me. It was in Greenwich Village. It was called the Pants Pub, and she sold dungarees, denim pants to uh, NYU students. So she's been around the fashion block. This uh, The book talks about all the different trends that she is responsible for, all the things that she has started. It talks about the 80s heyday at the store when everybody, you know, Connie Girl, Amanda Lepore, everybody worked at the store. Every, and it was just, it was a terrifying experience to go into the store. I don't know if you remember because you were judged. And they were, these drag queens would read you to filth. They'd talk about people like George Michael coming in the store and they wouldn't even talk to him because they said he looked too California. Like they, 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 with the bleach blonde, you know, tips and the, the uh, faded jeans, they thought he was just ridiculous and they, he had to leave. Um, they made, um, uh, there were other people that they did. They wouldn't let, uh, they told John F. Kennedy Jr. to go outside while Daryl Hannah shopped inside because they didn't like his attitude. Uh, I mean, they were just, they were nasty, nasty, nasty queens. And she talks about how she encouraged that a little bit, but at the same token, like they lost a lot of money by being <laughs> nasty, by making, they made Madonna wait an hour outside one time in the eighties because they were, they were all too um, hungover to open on time. And so well, they wouldn't open for, I mean, didn't Madonna hard. make people wait like five hours for her concert? Well, yes, but that's, you know, ho, 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 ho. but anyway, so um, it's just, it's a lot of fun inside fashion-y stories. They talk about the House of Fields, the creation of the House of Fields when they went uptown to all the balls. Uh, a lot of Pat's love life is in there. And then it goes into Sex in the City, of course, and, and all of that. Mushugana. I I hate to go negative, but I have to say, and not against, but... Pat Field was not part is not part of the new uh, Sex in the City the reboot on on HBO no Max. no no uh, and just and like it that. shows yes I'm, it really does I'm no fashionista but there's new pictures popping up online for the new season and it, I would say that it's hard to make a fashion statement but it's not hard to make a fashion statement but no one could do it like Pat Fields right nobody can do it like Pat and it's just it's a fun frothy read I say I wish everyone would go out and get it she's She's been. She knows what she talks about. Is was what I'm saying. Do you know if she reads the audiobook? Oh, I don't. Um, I've been. We've been in contact with her to try and get her on our podcast, and I'll probably have to ask about that. It would be point. great yeah. if she had mean drag queens reading it for her. <laughs> yes, get Princess Deandra out. Let's let's get let's get a uh, Armin Raw to come on. <laughs> That is Pat Field's new memoir. It's available on Amazon and wherever fine books are sold. Number two, speaking of fashion. Number two. Uh, Pharrell Williams is the new creative, men's creative director. And James, I know you and I clash about fashion as a thing, but what do you think? Well, I, you know, I, I just don't think that because that you are a reality show host, you can be a president. I don't think that if you're a plumber, you can be a brain surgeon. I don't know if you're a rock star, you can be a designer. I mean, yeah, he's got fashion sense, but, he, you know, I prefer my designers to, you know, go to school for it and know what they're doing and have references and, and not just say, I like blue uh, plaid. Because I thought you'd be like arguing that fashion is dead and it's just about accessorizing and making choices and picking this and mismatching this with that. Yes, I say all of that. Okay. And also, 
Who has to go to school for that, James? <laughs> has it also been, hasn't like luxury changed too? Like that. Well, I don't know if you remember about 10 years ago when Lindsay Lohan took over Ungaro, I think it was, and destroyed the brand. She they, they Because she was the biggest star in the world, they said, why don't you be our designer? Because you wear fun clothes. And she literally tanked the brand, the business completely. It's no longer around. And that is what can happen when you just get someone who is famous for being, you know, walking, you know, sitting in the front row of, of shows and they don't really have fashion but he has had a designer line right the billion dollar boys club is well but that's like saying that you know uh, yeezy or whatever is actually designed by kanye it's like no these people come in and they slap their name on something you know they don't really design i i didn't talk much about my trip to paris two weekends ago but i know this is an international campaign but the louis vuitton spots Oh, campaign yes. have you seen that oh yeah, yeah, yeah. it's everywhere they the, the main building they painted the whole building they have videotapes of the artist whose name i forget doing the painting they also oh, have yeah the blow up of her it's amazing uh, but see that to me i i understand that i understand when you bring in a celebrity to do a capsule collection and it's basically they come in and you sort of base it around them and then they leave blah blah blah, blah. i yeah. just don't know if he can be a, a a rock star and a designer and a museum docent and a director and uh you know James, he's, a, he's a renaissance man yeah i don't know about renaissance people anymore I, I think they're all i think we should have learned our lesson with donald trump something i just learned i didn't know is that you know until recently i think elon musk was the world's richest man do you know who it is now no, it's Bernard Arnault, the uh, oh, of course, the yeah. guy who owns Louis, Louis Vuitton Moet Hennessy. Wait, you know, just interestingly, they um, came out with a well, list of Forbes had the top celebrity, you know, people. And you know who was on the list? Jamie Gertz is up there with um, uh, billions and billions of dollars. Well, yeah, because she married well, right? She married a billionaire hedge fund guy. But Jamie Gertz from less than zero, 80 square pegs, is one of the richest uh, celebrities on the planet. Love her. We're going to take one more break. House of Love is the exclusive drink of RuPaul's Drag Race, just in time to continue your season 15 viewing parties. Tom, four delicious cocktails and... Two mouth-watering mocktails. Mm. Party packs, right? Yes. And people we do, always, we we put a little bit of love in every can, just so people know. It's, it's, you can taste it. <laughs> and all you have to do is go to houseoflovecocktails.com and you can order away to your heart's content. Special deals, discounts, merchandise, things like that. Yes. Party no, like I, a drag I, got a, I got a six pack, six pack for my niece for Christmas. And she loved it. She was, she's, she's been getting them online all the time since then. I might be I might be biased, but they are actually delicious. And the tequila orange, the orange margarita is packs. Every margarita is off the hook. It also has, I think, like twelve percent alcohol or so. I don't want to get into the details, but it's no, no, no. All right, give me a break. We'll be right back after the break with the number one thing this week that made us go wow. You're listening to World of Wonders Wow Report: Things that make us go wow. Welcome back to the Wow Report. Fenton here with Tom and James and Blake. We've been counting down the top 10 things that made us go wow this week. We've reached number one. Number one. Number one, I wanted to talk a little bit about um, some of the drag bills that have been going through, uh, you know, that have been uh, proposed around the country or going through legislation. Uh, There's a particular one in Tennessee that uh, this week passed and is particularly diabolical where it um it outlaws drag outside of perform uh, outside of club spaces and it um uh it also in order for the drag queens to perform in the clubs they have to have a cabaret license which is what strippers get and to get a cabaret license you can't serve alcohol so they are trying to kill the gay bar scene and they also it also goes a step further and makes pride they, they can't do pride anymore. And I have always said that this is the end game for a lot of right wing Republicans, that they want to stop pride. And I think they're using drag queen story time and drag queen, you know, demonizing drag queens and 
saying they're groomers and things like that to stop pride parades from happening around the country. And I think it's going to be something that we're going to see more and more. This is like pre, this is like pre Stonewall, you know, nightmares of like, you can, you have to have so many pieces of men clothing or female clothing. Exactly. You have have to have part of your name has to be a male name. You have to wear a tie. You have to do so. Yeah, exactly. It's that, that, that same sort of idea, but the idea that, that, that you can't, perform drag outside of clubs and then if you're inside a club you can't have alcohol you're just it's just insidious in what in what's happening with the bill is i think it goes back to the senate but and then it goes to the governor to sign but even if the governor doesn't sign it still becomes a law because that's how tennessee laws work so it's it's terrifying and i suggest everybody go online to try and find out what's happening in your neck of the woods what's happening in your state and to do what you can to write to your senators, Basic write to your congressman. freedom of speech. Freedom of speech. It's yeah. not gay or straight. It's freedom of speech and expression. But I, I am saying right now, I'm just, I'm being the doomsayer, and I'm saying they're coming for pride. They are. Yeah, they're definitely coming for us. But I, and I think it's an outrageous sort of um, lie to equate drag queens with groomers. It, it reminds me of the sort of the huge bathroom hoax surrounding the trans issue they were always you know there's always this idea that someone would be in a bathroom and would would be by virtue of not being the gender they present as would assault women and of yeah, course yeah. a complete lie never ever happened completely false and but similarly it, it, it's sticky it's one of those sticky ideas and and yeah. right-wingers run with it Right. Yeah. We have fought this for decades and generations, mm-hmm. and unfortunately, we will continue to and have to yeah. continue to. That's right. Well, thanks for tuning into the Wow Report on Radio Andy. You can listen to previous episodes on our YouTube channel, Wow Presents, where you can also see some of the bits that we had to cut out of this show for time. Um, same time, same place next week. Until then, go out and do something that makes the world go. Wow!